1: Tell you what to do, what to think, or what to feel. Who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men. Machine men with machine minds and machine hearts. You are not machines, you are not cattle, you are men! Eccoci qua, eccoci qua, welcome everybody, here we are, Room Tone, the radio show talking movies because we love it, I'm Ruger, your host on co Radio 100.5 FM. Let's go, let's head dive right into it, I'm super excited because today is the result of synchronicity. Ooh, we're going to talk a bit more about this, but today, everybody please raise your hands because we have an Australian filmmaker straight from the Himalayas, incredible story right here, everybody raise your hands Woo. for Kalani Gakon, how are you doing Kalani, All good? Man, it's a pleasure. Real pleasure. Wow. This is beautiful. As I mentioned earlier, this is the result of synchronicity because we just met yesterday evening. Woo! Mm, How did that happen, Kalani? Man, the universe provides, brother. Absolutely. You can say it out loud twice, three times, and with this i extend your hug welcome to vancouver man thank you man thank you it's uh, a pleasure to have uh, dynamic filmmakers with such bright energy like yours and as i mentioned you're from australia you come from the Himalayas. what's going on here
0: yeah man it's complicated you know my name's from hawaii my father from bolivia my mother from germany i was born and raised in australia and moved to nepal Uh, and the present day i find myself in vancouver canada so I'm all sorts of things, man.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. We got a lot of colors from the color wheel of life over here. Oh, my goodness. Okay. You're a filmmaker. Yeah. And as a filmmaker, you tell stories. Yes. Storytelling. And I've heard of incredible films from yourself about the history and the culture and a lot of beautiful things uh, uh, like resiliency that comes straight from Nepal. Mm. Can you tell me a bit more about those?
0: Yeah, man. Well, this this began 2015. I was um, traveling through Nepal and by, by chance, you could say, I was there during the time of the earthquakes that destroyed a million people's homes. And in that time, there were so many different things happening, projects, rebuilding, reconstruction. And I thought to myself, this is perhaps one time in my life I have the chance to create a film that's so real, raw, happening before my eyes. So I decided to tell the story of the earthquake, destruction, rebirth death from the perspective of children and how they were interpreting everything happening around them at the time.
1: These are the type of movies we need. I'm telling you this right now, man. These are the movies that we need and I see the dots connect very well here because meeting you uh, at the Impact uh, producing workshop the other day was just incredible and I can see the dots connecting. I can see the power of a film like yours impacting the communities that surround us in all societies and in all communities because this is a universal story.
0: Yeah, man, film, like, what a medium, man. What a medium, you know? Like, how unbelievably fantastic to be born in this time to have access to this medium. Like, it's such a privilege. High five in the booth, man.
1: Woo! High five in the booth, man. That was beautiful. I definitely agree with that. We are the luckiest, man, being able to tell stories and change. Because at the end of the day, we eat emotions, we drink energy, and we breathe stories. And this is where it all comes together. We are um, actually, uh, uh, at this moment, facing... Uh, crucial, crucial point in the history of filmmaking because distribution and all that everything is changing everything is constantly changing and how do we as filmmakers make it through and I would love to hear from your point of view living in the Himalayas and actually building a house in the Himalayas with your work going on there how do you get the films out there?
0: Such a good question man and if I'm going to be completely honest I'm still working it out myself you know, at like my my craft and my my love comes from the creation of films and which is i think in many ways a completely different art from actually selling films Mm. from getting films seen Mm. they're two completely different art forms in each of them their own and so i'm still learning how to get my films out there and seen um the first feature film i made i did a self-distribution i could have seen in a lot of independent cinema halls had it shown across different parts of my country independently and in screenings I'd organized myself. And I'd put so much pain and struggle and effort into making that film, and I thought to myself, like, wow, I don't want to go through that again. You know, I want to hire a producer next time, hire someone who knows what they're doing. So I don't have to go through those steps of hard work, you know, and do something I I probably wasn't equipped to do. But then I made the same mistake again and and created a second feature film in Nepal. And once again, I'm self-distributing it, self-producing it, and learning more as I go along how to actually do it and it's a difficult job like it's much more difficult than making the film itself mm-hmm. the film mm-hmm. itself creating it comes effortlessly
1: it's a whole chess game it's a whole chess game and I think that the prop, the, the process of making the film uh, and distributing the film uh, there actually is an, there is an imbalance because this reading the film sometimes is more important than actually making the film. And this is where there is this juxtaposition and this big dilemma for us as filmmakers, especially the, uh, filmmakers who are dedicated to meaningful stories. Because what we do, and I can see that in your eyes and I can feel it in the words that you speak when you talk about your film. I can feel the passion for the topic. And when there is such passion, such magic, that deserves to go out there. That deserves to fall in front of the eyeballs of crowds that are curious and that are genuinely, spontaneously willing to support the cause. Because at the end of the day, stories is what changes the way we think and feel about life. Absolutely, man. Kalani, I want to head dive into your history and your past. Let's do it. Man, Let's go. Let's man, go. man, man, I have a question for you. You yes. mentioned from Australia. Whereabouts, yes. specifically? I'm from a small town,
0: a beautiful, beautiful town called Katoomba. Mm. Katoomba, the name, it comes from the sound of rocks falling into the waterfalls. We're abundant with waterfalls, waterholes, offering springs. The sound of the rocks entering the water. Kadumba Katoomba. So that's the original, the Aboriginal people's name for that town, Kadumba, And today we call it Katumba.
1: Katumba. Wonderful. Wow. And so how much time have you spent in Katumba yourself? I was born and raised in Katumba.
0: I uh, left when I was 18 to, um, to meet my family in Germany for the first time. So I guess 18 years of my life consistently in Katumba. The rest of my life I've been, been wandering, wandering this beautiful
1: world. Mm, but not all those who wander are lost. No, man. Absolutely. I'm not lost, man. Oh, I can see that and I can feel it. I can feel that you have a strong core of gravity and I'm so looking forward to actually exploring all of your trajectory in your career. And in that question, what do you see yourself in five years? In five years, man, my main goal in this life is to be happy and well,
0: to surround my life with love. If you're talking in relation to to filmmaking in particular... In five years, I would love to have the means, the finance, to be able to create films, tell stories in different cultures around the world, in communities that are struggling, perhaps communities that are dying and the cultures disappearing. And I would love to be able to be in those places and have the finance to actually tell those stories efficiently, productively. And have an audience set up already to watch those films.
1: Mm, oh my goodness, these are golden words, Hundred points for you right here, man. I love it. Woo-hoo. <laughs> and uh, I can see that there is a trajectory for you as a persona. You you have this energy, and I feel that some of our listeners can feel it in your voice too. There is something so special about this, and I'm so curious again to explore your filmmaking and your language as a filmmaker. Mm. On that note, why were you at the impact producing workshop? Last night, so for those who don't know, I met this wonderful gentleman last
0: night at this (laughs) producing workshop that I just managed to stumble myself into, you know, I was filming all day long in the cold, had my body submerged in water at Spanish banks, shooting a short video there, and I ran, I literally ran to get there on time, I hadn't eaten anything since the morning, but I knew I had to be there, That was this calling, this calling, sometimes... Like there's I can feel electricity in the air of life and I know like things are meant to go and I just have to chase that regardless of the struggle in between. And that was one of those days I had I no I, I just knew I had to be there. And I was there because I'd met one of the organizers, Martina. We were working on a film shoot in a small town Merritt in BC mm. on the weekend. I had a beautiful time. Every time I leave Vancouver it, it feels so good. It feels so <laughs> good to see
1: Canada, you know? And by the way, shout-out to Martina. Always her great work putting all these events up. And shout-out to the great value that Could Bitch actually brought to the event because it's incredible to see that organizations uh, like Story Money Impact are actually working hard with Sue and Anthony putting these events together. So big shout-out to all of them. Thank you so much for making this work happen for all of us filmmakers in Vancouver. These, these are amazing people. Like Just listen to them talk. Oh, it was such a privilege
0: to listen to they, how they string sentences together and, and get their ideas fleshed out. They seem... It was so nice to be in their presence because, as a filmmaker, I get lost sometimes in the dreams of, of filmmaking. And then I have to ground myself back in, in the material reality of, of everything I do. And that was one of those moments, again, like, it was a nice reminder. Like, okay, yeah, i got to put all my effort, my love into the craft. But still, there's such such a game to play as well. And a dance to play with, with getting the films seen, distributed, getting them out into the world. And it was so nice to be there and to learn more about that.
1: Mm, this is, again, as you mentioned, a dance. Indeed is a dance, and this is where it becomes interesting, because a dance is a continuation and it is a continuation of balance. Balance changes from one shape or, or, and to the other, just like walking. it's a process of falling onto one foot and then standing up again and falling onto the other foot and standing up again. Mm-hmm. and same thing is dance. When you look at this balance, uh, you can get inspiration from other passions that you have in your life and incorporating them into the process of the distribution of your film yes. I can see that you really like speaking, you really like exploring uh, uh, topics with your own voice and your own uh, uh, speaking skills. That could be something that you could incorporate in your distribution. It's not only about the film itself, but it's about the experience of the film followed by uh, personal interaction and activity with yourself. Could be a keynote speech, could be a workshop, could be even just simply Q&As. But this is just the beginning of a a more complete medium. All problems exist for, for a reason. We need a solution, and that solution mm. is just out there. You just need to extend and grab it, and I can see that you're gonna make that happen. Would you Would you go for a keynote after one of your films? Absolutely, man. Like, mm. whenever,
0: whenever I would release a screen, my my first feature film, Bukamba, that was the story of the earthquakes, and Bukamba is the Nepalese word for, for earthquake. When I was ever having a screening, I'd make sure no matter where the screening was in the country, I would be present to to answer questions, to introduce the topic of the film, of course, and to give insight into how the events playing on camera have changed since the film was released, what the money raised from the film has done to those characters on screen, like what has physically, materially changed in their lives since that film was made, and also what hasn't changed and what is still left to be done and what money can be raised to do towards those people. Because that film was playing in real time of things that were happening in real life, And um, the money that was raised, collected from that film, because it was was primarily a fundraiser, a campaign for the characters in the film, the earthquake victims. And to be able to be there and to tell what was changing in real time to those people as the film was playing was powerful.
1: And such a privilege to be able to be the person to facilitate those changes for them. It sounds to me that you're like a social innovator. You really are an impact producer, man Working hard to bring these people together And redistribute the resources to what's most meaningful It's strange, man, because this
0: concept You're talking about impact producing That's a a new term for me I I think I might have heard that for the first time Like a few weeks ago, you know But I feel like in some sense I've been doing that In my own version of whatever that means In my own life, in my own career and it's it's funny to hear you know a term being coined for something that's resonating in my heart so deeply, impact producing. Wow, that's what I've been doing all along. It's nice to hear people also using that same term to describe what they're doing in their journey as well.
1: Mm, I love the sound of that. I love it. I love it. I love it, man. What's the thing you love the most about the process of filmmaking?
0: Wow, man. It's a, such a good question because there's so much. There's so so much. <laughs> oh yeah, you're gonna say that <laughs> <laughs> that I love that goes into a film and there's Somehow, every part of the process has its own bits of magic in it. Whether it's the first few dreams you have about the topic when you're developing an idea, and boom, you come to a new height of insight on how you want to tell the heart of that story, you know? That's happened to me a few times. I've gone to bed with my head buzzing. I couldn't sleep just thinking about how I'm going to tell this story. And I wake up in the morning, and boom, it's like things calm down, and I get some fresh air, like, okay... I'm going to go in this direction. I'm going to simplify things and follow one person's understanding of death to capture the story. You wow, know? So look at that, that. That part of the process I love, but I my favorite part, my favorite part... Let it out, let it out. Tell me, tell me. Is being there, being there in the real world, you know, after all the research development that goes into creating a documentary film and then being there present um, in the world of what you're filming. And then sometimes, not all the time, sometimes things just happen things just flow and the shots the material the content the story that you didn't even imagine you wanted somehow is happening in front of your eyes playing in real time and for those moments that's what that's what i live for those those are the moments that i i truly
1: love feels like we're in the constant research of the present moment Mm -hmm. so we have man the present you know wow we have Wow, it's yeah, yeah, we're just hooked onto the present, which is sort of like a like a truck running at, at, so quickly, and we're just attached to it. It's like, no, come here, come here, and he drives us all over the place. But when the truck goes for a sharp turn, and we can see where that track is turning. We just throw ourselves, and the present hits us, and the boom. emotion of that boom—it just boom. whoo, takes you somewhere else. It's strange, man, because there's only
0: a, there's only a few events that happen in most people's daily lives that bring us so deeply into the present. You know, it mm. can be the death of a loved one, it can be a near death experience of one's own. You know, it can be a birthday. You know, falling in love. It's like these these rare moments that happen in life bring us back to the present, and it's a, it's a big it's a big art, a big dance to be present. All the time, because you get caught up in this game of life. You know, you so quickly lose your way and get lost in the material world of things and only earning money and collecting objects.
1: Mm, and there comes the big question: Are you playing the game of life, or is the game of life playing you? I'm not sure, man. I'm enjoying <laughs> it either way. I love that absolutely, and that definitely resonates. And on that note, I want to ask you one last question before we take our break: Are you a musician? Musician, man. Oh.
0: I wouldn't say I am. I play the flute, and I love to play the bamboo flute that I bought up in, in Nepal. Oh, my goodness. But I, I wouldn't call myself a musician, no.
1: Nice. Oh, uh, you know, this sounds amazing because there is music within us all. And I want to throw a little challenge out there to the audience as well because right now I'm going to be playing a track from one of my favorite artists. People write his name down, Robert Glasper. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to be playing a track from Robert Glasper called I Want You. And Vancouver wants you, man. Kalani, Vancouver wants you right here. Oh, yeah. It says, I want you. And I want you guys, if you can make it, if you can understand what's the time signature of this song. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) So many points to you because um, this is really um, it took me some time to figure it out. But the the way it's hidden in the the song and it just comes together so nicely. Uh, So, everybody, just take a moment. Uh, Explore I Want You by Robert Glasper I'm Ruggero, I'm here with Kalani Straight from the Himalayas We're going to catch up our film talk Right after the break with Let's Robert Glasper it. Ciao ciao Oh yeah Everything heavenly
0: Still working on the melody I can't believe it started with a lullaby And now I'm aiming for a symphony All these up and downs I
1: Mamma mia, what a track Oh my goodness, what a track Did you guys get it? Did you guys get it? Did you guys get it? What was the time signature? Oh my goodness This is the res- this is the answer I'm telling you guys This is genius It's just genius We have three rounds of 7 And then we have a final round of 8 8's Which is that delay That's sound like Ooh, it's like Ooh, you really want to. Oh my goodness Talking about film here on Room Tone The radio show Cop Radio 100.5 FM I'm Roger, your host Let's just get right into it, because we were chatting about uh, Kalaniga Khan, incredible filmmaker from Australia, now up in the Himalayas. What's happening in the Himalayas, man?
0: Wow. What a question, you know? What a question. In,
1: by the way, I love this, um, this ambient track, man. Really yeah, why is, not? Really this is Karim, by the way. Shout out to Karim. This really sets the mood. Yeah, why not? Let's get right into <laughs> it. But what's happening in the Himalayas, man? In I'm Himalayas. so curious.
0: Well, wow, man, so a lot of changes, like everywhere in the world, but perhaps nowhere else than the Himalayas. Um, you know, for th- perhaps thousands of years, there have been cultures living there practicing various forms of shamanism, Buddhism. And very, very recently, this part of the world opened up to the rest of the world. Perhaps in, in the 1960s or 70s, the first tourists actually came to these places. And they're facing enormous, enormous changes, you know, languages are being lost. And perhaps the biggest problem I can see is this mass migration mm. outside. I'm talking in particular about Nepal, where mm. I've spent a lot of my life. A mass migration of people outside of their country. Mm-hmm. They're leaving for, all for the same reason, in one sense, they're leaving to better their lives. You know, of course. No one can blame a human being to want to better their life. And there's a very selfish part in me that, that sees this migration and, and sees people leaving behind this culture that I find so sacred, so beautiful. It's a very selfish part of me that thinks, oh, wow, you know, this is such a loss, such a loss to see people leaving this beautiful homeland, to see culture, stories, language, history, bit by bit, generation by generation, trickle down into this, what we have here in Canada, Vancouver, this very plain, you know, a bit of everything, but a lot of nothing.
1: Mm. Sort of culture. Are we going to get into that? I think we are. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Kalani straight from the Himalayas talking the truth here in Vancouver, Canada. Mm. What is it that you don't like about Canada?
0: Man, I want to first say that I'm very grateful to be in Canada, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm very grateful to have been allowed to be here in the first place. What a privilege to be in this, the new world, you know. Coming from Australia, you know, one of the last continents to be, you know, I put it in inverted commas, discovered by the outside world. And to come to the new world, you know. Wow. What a privilege to, to be here. But I must say, Canada was the first country I've been to in my life that I really, really struggled to feel well living here, to feel the heart of this place, you know? I don't want to blame it all on Canada, because I'm sure there's some shit I'm bringing back in my own life, bringing here, but really, fuck, it's been hard to feel at home
1: here I feel you man I feel you because especially c- coming from, from Italy myself coming here and noticing the differences just that social fabric is so different there is a different way people interact there is a different way people engage with each other it's almost like having a conversation with someone in front of a coffee is a sign of disrespect and when you lack that it's because you lack trust you lack you lack that unconditional trust that drives community and on that note, you're, 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 you've come here in, in Canada. And something that I personally found very valuable in my journey here in Canada is staying in downtown inside Vancouver. Because this is where the soul of Vancouver exists. And the Carnegie Community Center, just right here, two blocks from here, that's the sun of the solar system of Vancouver. Mm. And people don't even know it. I'm so with you, man. I'm so with you. You know, like in the,
0: in the four months I've, I've been in Canada, the first time, only times I've felt community, like a real community has been walking, driving through Eastside, you know? It came in the
1: most unexpected place. Yes, and, you know, there is so much under the surface. It's very easy to get stuck at the surface, but this is where our films like ours can come into play and dissolve the stigma that kills people, because it's the stigma that kills people. If we really went beyond that... And understood and and embraced the idea of helping one another then it would be a completely different story Mm -hmm. and on that note shout out to the heart of the city festival they just did the opening ceremony yesterday and they're going to be having activities for weeks from now on so everybody out there just go there heart of the city festival so beautiful to get in touch with the community through art so many amazing artists in this community go and find them all out for yourselves kalani yes (laughs) <laughs> a bird came from the sky and told me that you built a house in the Himalayas. Well, I built a lot of things in the Himalayas, man. Um, I guess
0: perhaps the most significant structure I built was a house. And I built that in the village of Nuwakot um, for a family who I'd been sponsoring one of their daughters for a long time, her education, and also as part of my project I began 2015 to prevent human trafficking of young girls, especially from certain ethnic communities that are very vulnerable to um, to... Human trafficking across the border to India, and um, yeah, one thing led to another. I ended up building um, building a house, and such a privilege to have a house I can visit and stay in, and, and have comfort when I visit there as well.
1: Hmm Ga Kalaningakon is a hero. That's what you are. You're a hero, man. And filmmaking is the flag that you take with you wherever you go. I love <laughs> this man. I love this. Oh my goodness. And I love the scarf that you're wearing right now too. Thanks, Ooh, man, it's, gorgeous. Oh, my yeah, it's, it's
0: my um it's my ex-girlfriend's aunties. Ooh wow. Yeah. We said we might have broken up, but like I love the scarf. Wow. The
1: that's else. good, that's good, that's good. It's part of life, part of the game, and uh change is constant, especially in a place like Vancouver. And that's why things change so quickly over. Over here that we don't even know what's happening in one, two years, mm. and the political situation also is very fragile. we're not going to get into that, but just as a mention because things happen so quickly from your point of view, yes. traveling here from the Himalayas and looking around, what do you think Canadian filmmaking could use? such a good question, man
0: and um, I'm really glad you asked it Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Let's get into it, let's get into it. Yeah, Vancouver, you know, somewhat called a melting pot of of people. But I find when people live here and and are born here, everything becomes the same, centralized, you know. This one very politically correct, very safe, very comfortable baseline of culture, you know. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay, this is what the future might be, you know. Is it this this dystopia, utopia? I'm not sure, you know. Mm. Things are safe and comfortable. But I don't feel the spice of life, Mm. you know. What could Canadian filmmakers use? It's good. It's a good question because a lot of them come from backgrounds and come from con- countries and cultures that are very rich in story and rich in culture and rich in, in all these, these beautiful things that make life beautiful. But when I have to answer this question, it, it's hard to say. It's really hard to say. Perhaps they would benefit from looking beyond looking beyond personal story and looking towards things that are more universally universally relevant to humans across the world. Mm. So I've watched quite a few films here in Vancouver that were interesting, but didn't really feel universal, you know, because it was touching on a, very, on a personal subject matter that felt very Vancouver. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was very flavoured by Vancouver, very in, in, the, in the heart of Vancouver, and I was watching this film, I was like, okay, like, it'd be hard to sell this film internationally, it'd be hard to show this film internationally because mm-hmm. it's very much based Grounded in this place, that mm-hmm. might not translate so well.
1: Mm, that's a really good point. That's where the balance of impact and outreach comes together. Because the question that that completely, completely, it's just flipping in my mind all the time. Is it better to tell a local story for a local effective ink? impact Mm. or is it better to tell a universal story that might get lost and this is where the ability of the filmmakers come together and and this is a beautiful conversation that i would love to have with someone like you coming and having the trajectory and the journey that you're having because the topics that you talk about in your films they are universal and they create big impact Mm. no matter what
0: it also depends on what one's intention is Mm. you know what's the intention behind this film you know are you just enjoying the pleasure of telling a story and in that sense, the best thing might be to show the film internationally and have a universal message, you know, f- grounding that film. Or is the film trying to address something that's direct, present in the reality of where you're living? Mm. And in that sense, it may not translate internationally, but the best place for that film to be seen is in the present places where you are. And in that sense, that's the focus of that film, you know? It depends on the intention behind why it's being made. For me, I, I love both. I love the process and the art of creation. And I also love the, the potential of change that film can make. And so far I've chosen topics that are perhaps happening in a single location, a single time. But what they're focusing on, what is universal.
1: Mm. They're dealing with this universal. Where do we go next and how do we get there? Mm. Golden questions. Mm. One more month for you in Vancouver. What are you going to do now? One month, you know, I, <laughs> <laughs> I
0: came here thinking I'd be here for a few years, you know. Wow I came here with a with, You know One way ticket Packed everything I All my possessions in the world I packed in that backpack Left everything behind I sold and donated The rest of the stuff I owned And I came with Okay you know I could, I could make a new life In Vancouver Really I, I might do it I really might do it I was on the plane And imagining what could happen You know And as I got here And as things changed I sort of had to Be honest with myself And look like Really soberly Into my life And think okay Would this be a happy life for me Probably Probably not Yeah, could have followed my heart and go where that takes me.
1: Absolutely. The heart is the ultimate compass. That's the reality of it. People out there don't think too much. Just feel. Whatever it is, Mm. even right now that you're listening, you're in your car or whatever. Oh my goodness. Just feel the heart for a second. Feel the heart for a second and say and ask where is this one willing to go? And then utilize the brain and that's what's gonna tell you how to get there. I definitely believe in the power of that feeling and in the power of emotions. At the end of the day, as storytellers, we manipulate emotions. Manipulate is a bit bad. We utilize emotions Mm. and we shape the container of emotions to get the message across. I wanna ask you, what was the one emotion that pushed you to travel all the way to the Himalayas? Hmm,
0: wow. I was actually there just, I was just deeply, deeply fascinated by how people live. Hmm in um, every single, different possibility of that of that term, you know, how people live. How do they live? And I wanted to see that with my own eyes, and I actually had no intention to go to the Himalayas, I was just wanted to travel through India, and understand how people live in India. And I fell asleep on a bus, and ended up in the, the border of Nepal, India, and a lot of events happened in that time, you know, that led me there. Whether by accident or destiny, I don't know what it is, you know, I'm still working that out, but it was more just f- deep fascination, like curiosity. How do people live? Wanting to know that, wanting to feel that.
1: Wow, that curiosity is what drives us all as filmmakers and storytellers, and I can see that in your eyes. The eyes of the tiger right there, man. Mm. Mm, love it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, determination also is crucial, man. Determination is crucial. Because otherwise, it, we get smashed. And this is the, another interesting uh, aspect about the film industry. We need to have that poetic side that keeps the film growing and our filmmaking will growing. We need to have that poetic aspect, that poetic side. But we also need to have that business side. We also need to have that entrepreneurship to be able to get the film through the common language of the business. Yes. How do you think filmmakers can find a balance between these two worlds if they can?
0: Such a good question, man. It's a question I ask myself almost every day, you know? Mm. And I think commercial narrative cinema solves this issue so so well. They hire someone in, in charge of publicity. They hire a whole team for distribution. They hire a different person, you know, for overseas distribution. They hire a different person to pro- to produce the film in certain times of its production. And then they hire someone else to direct the vision of the film. You know, they solve that issue very well because people have different skill sets and different passions that they bring to that whole process of developing, creating and selling a film. And then here I am, you know, often just a one-man army going into different places to tell the story. I'm, I'm the the camera man, camera assistant, the storyteller, the director, producer, editor, and the you know distributor. And so it's it's wearing so many hats, you can get so lost because it's <laughs> 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 because you, you often need a team of, an army of people to get this done properly. So I'm still working out how to do this myself, you know I'm teaching myself the the reality of The business side of filmmaking, of production Mm. And I'd I'd love to learn more about it I've learned through trial and error so far Of what works and what doesn't
1: Specific note for filmmakers out there If you do have this curiosity as well There's a beautiful, beautiful piece of content uh, On the doc, the National Canadian doc website Called Creative Roadmap to Distribution I believe that's the name Creative Roadmap to Distribution Guys, that's gold that's the goal you've been looking for just go out there that's an incredible resource and make some research there is a bit to to do to study and there is uh, a bit to do when it comes down to planning and strategizing but it's part of the game when you learn that there is a story in the way you tell the story there is a a storytelling aspect to the way you you get your film out there then you also fall in love with that Mm. And it's uh, teaching yourself how to fall in love with the distribution process and removing the stigma of it being the process of the distributor. We can be the best distributor of the film because our heart lives in that. Mm. And so we are the only ones who can properly carry it around. So true, man. You've got to have an audience. got to find an audience earlier
0: on. That's one thing I've learned, you know. Mm. Early on, you can find an audience that will stick around and, and stick around to see the film be completed, even before the films even done. They'll solve, they'll solve a lot of questions. Of how to distrib- how to best distribute the film, how to best release a film, where to release the film, and what context to to do
1: everything. Great point, Kalani. Great point. Always connecting with the audience. At the end of the day, a story is nothing without a witness. And who is the story for? Like who who is the story
0: made to be told to? That's something we should all ask ourselves before we begin, coding anything, because mm. that will dictate everything that comes afterwards. Beautiful, beautiful. And
1: sometimes we just gotta say fuck you to the big corporations and to the big uh, big uh, uh, authorities that sometimes force us to do uh, things around our films so we gotta just say fuck you out there I'm gonna do whatever I want and on that note we're actually gonna take a little break because we're can you believe it can you believe it? We're almost done. We have one more section with Whoa, this episode, man. but time flies when you do things that you love. So <clears throat> this is, again, Robert Glasper, uh, another track, uh, of course, dedicated to the big corporations or film distributors that uh, fuck around with filmmakers. So, mm. dear distributors, this is all for you. This Robert Glasper you. with Fuck Your Feelings. <laughs> <laughs> so film distributors that fuck around filmmakers, get out of here. We make movies because we love it. Catch you later. Woo! Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. one more sip it's
1: this vodka i might be baby blue but if i change my hue bitch it ain't all Sound. There was Robert Glasper with Fuck Your Feelings. What a classy way to just uh put up the middle finger. Oh my goodness, Robert, if you're listening, I send you a big hug. Your music is amazing. Classy, refined and edgy. Beautiful. Love it. Let's just get her. Let's get into it. Kalani, man. Let's do it. Whew. Oh yeah Cop Radio 100.5 FM Your community radio station The number one community radio station And the number one radio station here in Vancouver Everybody keep your ears open We love what we do over here Room Tone the radio show Talking movies because we love it I'm Ruggero your host With Kalani Gakon from Australia Actually right now coming straight from the Himalayas And we're approaching the end of the episode We gotta go for the one minute pitch Are you ready? one minute pitch one minute pitch you're going to get to pitch for one minute anything you want Mm. anything you want to bring to life that lives lives in your heart and your imagination you want to bring it to life what is it one minute from now let's go bring it
0: on okay one minute pitch here we come so in the modern day we find in the west people bringing themselves closer and closer to something that seemed to lived in the past people looking towards places like India for some sense of spirituality for a sense of something that brings meaning and and comfort to this world doesn't often make sense so I'm making a film Journey to the Centre of the Heart telling the story of migration of people from the west to the east people who have left their life behind in the west to the east in search of something beyond what we'll find here and looking at that migration in the context of people from the east who are finding the same thing the same comfort, the same peace and happiness in the material world escaping poverty, escaping pollution scarcity of water the diseases and things that trouble those areas and looking at those two extremes how both people are looking for happiness in the exact opposite opposite way that's my film journey to the center of the heart
1: my goodness that's one minute precise that's wow, a man. hell of a pitch and i gotta tell you man this is the message of the decade this film do we have a title yes this is a film i've actually just finished it's called Journey to the Center of the Heart. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Journey to the Center of the Heart. People do not forget this name. Journey to the Center of the Heart. How can people get to watch this film?
0: Well, uh, Inshallah, it'll be screened in Vancouver <gasps> when it premieres across North America. I'm going to back to Nepal in a month to have the international premiere in Kathmandu. It's not a particularly prestigious festival by any means, the Kathmandu Film Festival, but it's where I wanted the film f- to premiere because the crew... The subjects are all living there. I want them to be there for that.
1: That's beautiful. Oh, my goodness. Journey to the Center of the Heart. This is the next big film. People, remember this name. Kalani was here on Room Tone, the radio show. Journey to the Center of the Heart. And... We gotta wrap up this show with okay. the Proust questionnaire. Are you ready? Okay, bring it on, man! Okay, Proust questionnaire, guys. We always ask five questions from the Proust questionnaire. Proust wrote down thirty-five questions, believing they would pinpoint to someone's true identity. Oh, okay. Let's is get into it. These questions used in, in dating services, speed dating. No, I don't believe so. I don't <laughs> believe so. But these are questions really dedicated to the to the human the, that uh, the human part of us all that mm. strives to speak for truth. Fantastic. So we're gonna get to the truth. And first question of the proust questionnaire for Kalani is. When and where were you happiest? When and where, man. Let's go deep. When and where was I most happy? <laughs> Let's go
0: deep. Wow. Oxygen mask. Oxygen mask. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that would probably be during the Tibetan New Year in a small village north of Kathmandu, New and celebrating the New Year there and watching the full moon come out, being surrounded by people singing the traditional songs. Or with their arms around each other, embracing each other in a circle, around a big fire, and bringing the new year together with a big community, big smiles, children, not a single phone, Wi Fi inside, just life.
1: Beautiful. Mm-mm-mm. What an incredible answer. And that's leading us to the second question of the Proust questionnaire What is your greatest extravagance? It's extravagance. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think i have many man. i've really simplified my
0: life you know i've really simplified my life you know all the possessions i own fit in one backpack mm. i've really done a lot, lot of work to minimize extravagance you know mm. i own an iphone and that was a pretty big move for me to, to buy an iphone you know that actually it's changed my life a lot for better and for worse own an iphone for the the past 10 years of my life i just decided to keep a small nokia phone and that being my primary way of contacting people through text and calls mm-hmm. and then about uh, 10 months ago i decided to buy an iphone And that was a filmmaking choice to have a camera in my pocket that would be at my disposal any time to capture a moment. But it's also become extravagant. You know, having the internet, having the whole world in my pocket, it often makes me distracted and and it's extravagant in many ways to have so much in my fingertips, you know, bringing Mm. me out of the present as well. For me, that's extravagant.
1: Wow, never heard this before. Kalani, you're making it happen with beautiful answers to this Bruce questionnaire answers I've never heard before and we're getting deeper it's a good news and it's a bad news we're getting deeper and deeper and deeper and the oxygen mask needs to stick because the third question of the Bruce questionnaire is what is your greatest fear? greatest fear, man mm, it's a good question, you know
0: <laughs> <laughs> greatest fear I think, to be honest about that one I, I really feel losing my mind mm. losing my mind because once I lose my mind, I've lost everything Oh, you know. I really f- deeply feel that, and I've had times in my life, you know, with, with experimenting with with different things, and I felt like I've touched the touched the surface of losing the mind, and I thought, well, fuck, that is so frightening. That is so frightening. You know, it's worse in death in many ways because you're still your body is still alive in one sense, but your mind is lost. Like, how
1: scary! Oh my goodness, what led you to that? Let me do that to, to to being fearful of that.
0: No, 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 to 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 almost losing the mind. Um, I would ex- accidentally had taken some. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Taking All some, right, taking something. Yeah.
1: <laughs> wow. That, yeah.
0: Those are scary worlds, man. Those are scary worlds. Man, yeah. And if you're not if you're not sure where you are, you can get lost. You can really get lost. And I I touched that. I touched that void, and I thought,
1: fuck, like what a frightening place to be. Wow. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Mm important not to fuck around and uh, not to take a step that's longer than your leg that's That's for sure that's right wow okay moonwalking to the fourth question of the Proust questionnaire Mm -hmm. if you were to die and come back as a person or a thing what would it be wow
0: you know i think um i've had a beautiful life as a human i'd like to come back as a moose
1: oh wow
0: um you know there's only so many things you can learn from the lifetime of a human being eventually you know you're stagnate (laughs) wow as a moose that's a beautiful animal. how come I feel like a moose has a very humble life you know its antlers go every year and fall off all over again
1: Mm. and every year
0: the moose tries to rebuild its antlers better than the year before something very poetic about that you know starting again every time from scratch it seems like a very humble thing to lose you lose antlers like an antler that's the moose's livelihood you know it defends itself it it hunts it's able to survive with that tool and to lose them every year and start all over again wow the moose i can learn the thing too from the moose that's for well, sure.
1: uh, what a powerful concept hey eh? oh my goodness mm. i love this conversation kalani fifth question of the proof questionnaire which historical figure do you most identify with wow mm-hmm. historical figure historical man. figure historical figure
0: i've been so lucky i've met figures in my own life who have been great role models you know and some of them have passed away and if I could answer them, I, I would, but I guess they're not historical because they're not famous to anyone besides myself and the film community. Historical figure I most identify with. Can it be a present-day person? Let it out, man. Let it out. Give me the juice. Give me the juice. Mm, probably Banksy. Street artist from England. Banksy. Banksy. Oh, yeah. wow. What's the story there? So Banksy is a street artist. He creates beautiful murals and stencils across the world. And he tells the story of the people on the streets, you know, and, and he believes art should not be commodified. Art does not belong in museums or galleries. It belongs on the streets for the people. So Banksy creates artworks that speak about the human experience and puts them up for free in public places. And in the in the dark of in the dark of night, he comes and creates these beautiful tapestries, these artworks, and boom, there they are for the world.
1: Mmm, sharing. Unconditionally sharing uh, the art within us. That's it. And that's the journey. That's really the the process of extracting, extrapolating what's the essence of our being. From your point of view, as well as traveling from Australia and and being there up there in the Himalayas in Nepal, what do you think is the best way people can touch base with their true essence? Mm, Man, again, fact. Fucking spectacular question, man <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into it, man Oxygen mask <laughs>
0: <laughs> Really good question What is the best way For a human being To get in touch with the essence? Really It's, it's just something I'm working out myself I must say I'm no teacher I'm I'm learning many things, you know If I can share something From my own my own life Of, of what benefits that is to, to forgive And to practice gratitude And gratitude can be practiced No matter what your living situation is No matter what's happening in your life No matter how horrible Everything seems to be Falling down upon you there's so so much to be grateful for. The the pure experience of being alive is miraculous.
1: Miraculous, you said it man. Ooh, this resonates so deeply. And I see so many people complaining, complaining, complaining. Man, what do you complain for? Life is so amazing. We have the sound out there in Vancouver. We are alive. We can breathe, we can sense, we can feel. We can look at someone else in the eyes. That's the most precious thing. It's life is here, people forget about complaining forget about the bad things they're just excuses to improve on something yes everything that's bad out there it's a it's a mean to balance your life and take it in as that and comp- definitely goes back to the concept and what we were talking about earlier about the differences of living here in Canada with living in Nepal mm. and so if you were to say something to the to the Canadian culture the Canadian social fabric oh man I'm so glad you asked it what is man. it what is it let it out man Man, don't be afraid to look at people in the
0: eyes, you know. Uh-uh. Really, don't be afraid. Like, I have I walk every day staring at people's eyes. Sometimes it maybe it's too much. And I am okay. <laughs> don't, I don't <laughs> mind to push the limit sometimes, you know, to get to get something, to feel something. But really, to look at people in the eyes, like, that is acknowledging the soul in everyone. That's acknowledging we're on this journey together, you know. And the smartphone has done horrible things to the way people interact with each other. People are always somehow looking down on their farms, clacking away at Tinder or Facebook, Instagram, whatever app they're trying to use to distract themselves from the present moment. But really, one f- simple, it's effortless to look people in the eyes, you know, to acknowledge as a human being here, like no other creature, no other creature in the solar system ignores each other when they, when they walk past, you know. If you look at an ant, ants are even different, even, even different from nests come across and they kiss for a moment along the path, you know? Dogs, they'll smell each other's
1: bum holes, they'll do something.
0: <laughs> Humans? Very peculiar. They walk past each other on the street. There's nothing.
1: Hmm. That's a very good point right there. Are we getting
0: desensitized? Many lots of things, like lots of things. Yeah, desensitization is, is one thing. But also just forgetting like these are human beings on the same journey that I am. And a simple thing. Just to look them in the eyes is really powerful. Really powerful. And it can really bring someone's <sighs> Someone is going through some hard times or dealing with some, some trauma or something. it can really put a bit of fire and a bit of light back into the heart. Beautiful.
1: Just let's get the light out there. Let's get the light out there. Let's get the, the love, the big love, the love that moves the sun and the stars. And uh, let's get it all out there. Let's get it all. And let's enjoy the last question of this whole beautiful conversation. Can you believe it? One hour went through. Incredible, man. We definitely were. I was in the present moment. I enjoyed it. Thank you so much, Connie, for coming on this show. And I want to throw you one more question. Yes, brother, bring it on. If you have one piece of advice mm. to independent filmmakers out there, mm. what is that piece of advice? This is a, again, man. Awesome question. Awesome question.
0: And I'm very glad I, have the, I can have the chance to share something. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. One piece of advice: Don't get caught up in perfectionism, because there's a big difference between wanting to be perfect and creating something. And some people, and I'm, I'm myself the perfect example of this, they get so caught up in trying to make your work perfect that you forget to make work at all. you know. You be- Some filmmakers, independent filmmakers, they take six, seven, eight, nine, ten years to release a project, you know, because they- they're giving themselves such a high standard of how it should be done, and that's great. you know. By all means, reach the highest standards you can, but don't forget to fall in love and be in love with the art of creation, you know. When something is done, let it be. Let it be. Send it out there. If it's not perfect, that's fine. Learn from those mistakes and make the next one. You know?
1: beautiful Kalani thank you so much incredible conversation with you today uh, this has been really the result of synchronicity getting to know you in this way uh, having you here on the show to chat about film and even get deeper into the spirituality of film and even life itself I love your energy man we're gonna pin this thoughts, save it on the desktop and it, we're gonna man. get back to it film is and a spiritual media, man you know? yeah, it's, it's yeah, yeah, more yeah. than just
0: a, a simulation of frames 24 frames per second it's there's something spiritually like there's some spiritual essence in every film you know and there's some filmmakers I watched that film as a kid I watched films like by Andrei Tarkovsky the Russian director and I was like wow this is not just moving images like this is this is a language of dreams
1: mm, as filmmakers we strive and thrive to create the crack between the visible and the invisible and on that note I think it's uh, time to actually wrap this whole burrito up and uh, catch you, actually, next Thursday at 11 a.m. Kalani Gakon here on the other side of uh, of this room, uh, a small uh, uh, intimate room here at Cop Radio 100.5 FM. I'm Rujer, your host on Room Tone, the radio show talking movies because we love it every Thursday at 11 a.m. Whew, we're going to wrap it up with another track, of course, of uh, Robert Glasper getting some funky tunes uh, oh, straight yeah. into your day. The sun is out there. Vancouverites, go out there and love life to the fullest. I'll catch you next Thursday, 11 a.m. Thank you, brother. Enjoy life and I will enjoy you. Ciao, ciao.